Welcome to Talks with the Feminine, a series of podcasts where we discuss, examine and question in depth many aspects of the feminine journey and experience through stories and differing points of view. Thanks for joining us today as we pick apart another topic. to Talks with the Feminine. I'm Abby Rental, And I'm Annie Taylor. So today we are going to talk about birth history and some birth culture. Yeah, and we're sort of starting off a, I guess, series. We're going to hmm. sort of mix up um, our usual approach or whatever. Yeah. It's a new year, take a new tack on our whole um, podcasting adventures and we're just going to... We, oh, well, I feel like we we always just touch on different subjects and then we're like, but there's so much more to Yes, exactly. There's always unpack. so much to say about it. Yeah, so we're just going to um, kind of pick as much out of a particular topic that we think is relevant for women and people who identify with feminine issues. Yeah, um, and just pick that apart really broadly. Mm. Yeah. So we're starting with birth because when we get together, that's what we talk about, I guess. <laughs> I feel like a little that's... bit of experience between us. Yes, that's true. And it was fun telling our birth stories on here like hmm. a while ago. Yeah. Um, even if they were a bit different from each other in yeah, some way. Yeah, they were a bit, yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah. It's I important mean... to look at where birth, you know, has come from, you know, mm. like how it's transformed for women. Yeah, well, yeah, I think we, there's Where sort it's of, still got to go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think um, it's a bit of a weird convoluted topic, actually, like birth culture, because mm. I feel like you sort of, um, it's like one of those areas of, of life that sort of gets played down. So it kind of becomes this sort of taboo subject almost, but like, there's like a whole history and a whole framework around why people have attitudes to birth that they have now, but mm. we don't really... It's not really talked about, so it's not. No. Um, it's just sort of accepted that that's how it is, and when you unpack it, you're like, oh, actually, <laughs> there's maybe more to it than just what mm. it appears. There's some important information in there too, I think, like mm. knowing your own attitude and the culture that you've mm. grown up in, in you know, in view of birth, can help sort of shape your experience, yeah. probably. Well, I mean, I suppose that it applies to everything. I suppose you don't look right at the culture that you're part of until mm. you actually go, oh, actually, yeah, there it is. I remember now. <laughs> but, um, yes, where to start? Because you were saying you're like, I don't know anything about this, but then I feel like you will when yeah. we start. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What's your, Well, you you wanted to be a midwife 100 years ago. I did want to be a midwife. Well, actually, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mummy. And then when I thought well. I'd probably have to wait a few years to make that happen, <laughs> I'll become a midwife in the meantime so I can be around babies. babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I wanted to – I thought I'd do my nursing first just because I thought it'd be good to have that extra experience. Yeah. And then once I had a baby, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I don't want to be involved with any of this. No. <laughs> but why? Tell me why. I want to know the like, – just, just like it what? was t- – Totally different to what I expected and I 
really disliked the whole thing. I mm. I ended up with a bit of a fear of like when I'd go to the maternity ward when I got pregnant with mm. my second and third, I'd have like a panic attack. I'd be like, I do not want to be here. Yeah, and right. my husband would get the same thing. We'd have like heart palpitations and be like, we have to leave here immediately. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm surprised that you still feel that way after your third. I though. don't after my third. No, mm. I feel better now. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you'd make quite a good midwife. So I'm like, you know, I don't know. But you'd I have think... to be interested in all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I think too the the fear that you see in women mm. and some of the trauma experienced, I think, might be a little bit too much for me. Right. Yeah. I think that the the thing about fear and trauma is that. That's kind of, I mean, from my perspective, that's the bit that's most culturally informed in a way. Mm. Yeah, um, that's probably, that's very true. Mm. Yeah, like it's sort of, um, yeah, the actual birth culture we find ourselves in is so kind of um, intrinsically fear-based mm. that's pretty hard to get out of that. And mm. I certainly feel like every time I have a, a, a couple come and learn about birth from me, they especially if they're first-timers, the look of stress and mm. worry coming into that situation is it's um, like it's it's quite intense, especially for me because I'm like, you can do it. It's cool. Like yeah. in my head thinking this is actually a much simpler process than you've been led to believe in some ways. Like they kind of, they're like, oh, but everything could potentially go wrong and it's going to be horrible and painful and... It's very oh. stressful, that first one. You just don't know oh, what gosh. to expect. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if there's ever been a first-time birth that just um, was so perfect or something that that nobody wanted to do anything different the next time. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was fabulous, like, you're still like, yeah, but next time I just think I would do this maybe. Yeah. Or, you know, I've learned that now. I mean, like even mine, I was like, I feel fantastic about this. But next time I'm not waiting at home for very long. <laughs> so I'm going to need to go to the hospital and, you know, maybe I'd like to get in the water next time. And yeah. Stuff. Like it's all very jolly, but yeah, I don't know. I, um, in terms of history of birth, you're like, I don't know. But then you were talking about your grandma and how she was a midwife. What's, or no, matron. Yeah. yeah, she was a nurse um, for quite a while. She'd had very negative experiences in the hospital mm. with regards to birth trauma or, you know, stillborn mm. babies, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, well, I, see, I feel like that's part of the story because, you know, it's sort of, you know, way back when, when it was just you had a baby at home and women in your neighbourhood would rock up. Or you'd have the local, you know, wise woman show up and fix you up for, oh, it's fine, I've been to 6,000 births, I'll just (laughs) fix you, no big deal. It's like, that's... um, Because that's really, you know, how it used to be, isn't it? You know, a community of women supporting each other in that Mm. time. And then it sort of changed to something else, I think. I think that introduction of more patriarchal values in society and religion and all of the stuff that kind of goes with that kind of drove it all a bit underground Mm. and then after that it's sort of um you know like if you look at um I don't know I mean like uh, I don't want to go into it in like huge detail but I feel like the women who used to do that stuff were kind of um 
discredited and or put out in the in the uh, Middle Ages. Just they were like, nah. I think with the increase in mm. um, medical technology and that sort of yeah. thing and medical practices. And I think more that, professional, yeah. like it became sort of a man's job to be a doctor. I actually kind of feel like one became begot the other, if you know yeah. what I mean. So women got kind of put out of this job. Because women used to be the healers. Yeah. And um, apparently there was like a whole period of time where they were having like shepherds and people come in to deliver people's babies. Really? Yeah, because they literally didn't have anyone else to do it because they'd put all these women out of a job. Because either they were dead or they'd just been driven out of town kind of thing. Yeah. And so they didn't have any of these people to help with babies. So they had shepherds and people. But sheep have babies differently to people. So, yes. So that um, would have been... So mortality kind of went up mm. a bit. And then um, a few thousand years later, there's, as you said, medical... Yeah, as medical technology has increased. Well... Mm. Particularly through the early 1900s, it seemed that birth mm. completely changed, or even probably the 1800s. Yeah. The way women were confined yeah, during yeah. their pregnancy and then um, yeah. labored and birth was really not anything close to traditional methods. I no. And even earlier than that, in terms of um, medicine, before there being any notion of hygiene. Yes. And there was way more people needing to birth in a situation where there were like huge risks of infection. Mm. And those women who could still birth at home had a like higher survival rate than the women who could afford to go to a hospital just because they didn't have Florence Nightingale through the doors yet to say, can you just wash your hands and that will help? (laughs) (laughs) That's just a bit like, and I always think that's interesting too because of the fact that that's another woman coming in and being like, mm. um, <laughs> I mean, I know she's probably just one example, but I just yeah. think it's funny that she Gem kind of. theory the, took a lot longer to come up. Yes. <laughs> become a legitimate sort of uh, belief. Concept. Yes. <laughs> than it probably just, should have. Uh, yeah. It didn't really like, keep up with um, yeah. advancing technologies there for a while. And you know what? I think Queen Victoria is my favorite story because of. You know, you ever watch the show Victoria? It's just, you know, a BBC number. I didn't know, but I watched the no. movie and it was really oh, good. There you go, yeah. But just like as her in representation in cult, like mm. like that she, you know, she had all these kids. Yes. But she didn't really want to have. No, she didn't really like children. Kids or birth <laughs> or anything. And um, so there was a whole period of time where she would like have herself chloroformed out to have babies. Oh, yeah, that's understandable because uh, she had a heap. Yeah, because she had nine. And after when she had her first one, they were like getting her to sign documents and stuff because they assumed that she probably wouldn't survive. And there was like huge wow. amounts of fear already around birth because yeah. the people who were there to support birth didn't really understand how to um, mm. support it and not have anybody die like they kind of you kind of had to fluke it as a woman which is what she did she Mm. just had nine babies or whatever it was but even now without you know some women Mm. in Mm. certain circumstances without medical help would not survive you know with well there is that major hemorrhages and that sort of thing Mm. not but it wasn't super common but no it's um, but it it shouldn't have at that time even been the bulk I don't think in terms of but if you it's like anything you know even now, when people get 
told to birth in a certain way and it's not helpful for them, mm. I'm pretty sure it would have been like the doctor telling you what to do mm. in the 17 and 1800s being like, you will do this. And even if it didn't feel right. Well, even if you look at births in like um, third world countries, like in mm. Africa and stuff, a lot of women suffer fissures and yeah, yeah. Mm. But I just was going to say with dear old Queen Vicky and her chloroforming out stuff and then it was like um that was the fancy way to give birth oh was it chloroform yeah. yourself out no epidural no no go so you just go full and um that sounds pretty good actually well yeah <laughs> except that then you get really sick and your baby gets really sick and then more people die and then oh so probably not so and good. then you get really bummed out about birth even more <laughs> like i don't know but i just um i think it's really um crazy just because before all this, no one was scared. Then mm. after all of this, everyone's pretty scared. I don't know. But I don't know about the mm, the far and away people. I don't know enough about. Yeah, I'd be interested to know more about birth in third world countries. I don't know. Yeah, and there's, I guess, uh, particularly with religion too, like mm. um, maybe some traditional um, healers that. Mm used to deliver babies or help women with stuff like that, yeah, would no Mm. longer be allowed just due to their um, maybe pagan beliefs, yeah, particularly in Christian communities. Yeah, well, that's how they got rid of all the women in those communities, I think, because they just, they're Mm. like, no, no. As you said, they came in and went, we are the men and Mm. we know things. You don't know things. If you seem like you know things, we think you're very suspicious. So, out you go. (laughs) But, I don't know. I have a lot of opinions on... um, that, I suppose, without – it's not surprising, though, considering the, the period in history, I suppose. Yeah. It's kind of funny because I sort of feel like in many ways it has absolutely nothing to do with religion. It's got more to do with certain groups of people wanting to control other groups and stuff. It's just a bit – not not pagans versus non-pagans, but mm. kind of – Men in power versus women in power. Oh, yeah. If you know what I mean. But um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, but I think all of this stuff just informs where we're at, where we're at now. Yeah, well. so yeah. previously in history, there was a time when women could birth and with just, other women and yeah. do what they felt. and. It's kind know, of curious because now they have better medical technology, as you said, like yes. now. So but people are tech- more fearful. Yeah. Well, it sort of went through a phase where that was maybe not so beneficial in a way. Mm. I guess the mortality rates would have gone down probably compared to yeah. the era just previously to that. True, I suppose. But um, yeah. overall, there seemed to emerge from that quite a lot of trauma. Mm. And um, fear of birth. Yeah, and I, as I was saying to you before, like it's sort of um, before we started recording, I should add, we we don't actually have a lot of information as women before we have a baby as part of our culture either. Like, yeah, you don't see birth really. You yeah, see we were it saying on that TV, but it's very unrealistic. Yeah, even when it's presented in um. A positive way, it's still unrealistic. Yeah, because we were sort of using the example of the when you get to the pushing stage. Yeah. And having only ever seen it on TV, 
Like, why aren't you screaming? And Yeah, you sort of, I expected that to be the most painful stage. And for me, it wasn't. All my pain disappeared as yeah, I was pushing. As I was like, I feel great. I love the pushing stage. Yeah, I'm really into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, like, yeah, yeah. that's just one example of how that can kind of take off. Really inform and your ideas of yeah. what it's going to be like. And even, it's kind of funny because I feel like sometimes it's almost meant to be harmless, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. like, um... That episode of Friends where Rachel has a baby. I'm always telling Which people I this have one. I've seen, but she, there's no umbilical that. cord. It's really the thing. <laughs> so it's not even a little bit realistic. Like they're like, everybody knows this isn't what birth's like, right? Yeah. Like it's just the TV show, relax. But unfortunately, um, I think stuff like that actually kind of piles on top of more stuff like that. Yeah. And that's all anyone ever sees. Mm. Um. And it's just very hard to not um, have that image in mm. your head um, that it's like, you know, we're all going to be lying on our backs and drugged up and, yeah, you know, screaming, you know, bloody murder and all the rest of it. And, like, and even yeah. the way it's described, the pain is described on TV, but also from other yeah. women too because not having actually been in the room with someone you just get you know the after story of oh it was horrible or oh it just kind of felt like bad period pain Mm. you know and if they don't have the the story as well Mm. sometimes there's like this whole sort of Chinese whisper situation where someone thinks they know what happened or why they felt negatively about it and it but they're not clear on it and Mm. so and it just sort of turns into this thing where a friend of a friend of mine had this happen to them and it was really bad and they think yes. it was because of this maybe and rah, rah, rah. and you're like, none of this is really um, clear. Yeah, as a medical professional or as a doula, you'd yeah. listen to that story and go, mm, there's a bit of information missing there, I think. I'm calling some bullshit already. Yeah. <laughs> or I think they might have that story wrong because that doesn't sound quite right. Yeah, there's Whereas an awful lot of that. Whereas if you yeah. haven't had a baby yet mm. and you're getting your information from that, you can go into your first birth mm. or even subsequent births, I guess. Whichever, yeah. Going, hmm, this is different to what Especially I Especially if you have a negative first one and you don't know how to make the next one positive. Yeah. But you want to have another baby, but you don't really know where to go to turn that into so you're just thinking well it was terrible yeah it's going to be terrible again in our current birth culture the Mm. only education that's offered publicly is through the hospital Mm. their childbirth classes which i went to me too and really when i got into my birth i felt like they had not prepared me at all i felt like i knew nothing that was actually relevant yeah, I got to tell you, there's an element of... I don't think the hospital birth classes are bad. But no, they, I feel like they give some information, but I feel like they should right. be a lot more comprehensive. Well, I think that there should be more um, clarity on the fact that the hospital birth classes are... They're, like, I really liked the woman who taught ours, particularly. Mm. Yeah, I liked amazing. the one who taught ours. Yeah, she was great. But it, but it was very, like, you can tell that they, they have a certain scope, mm-hmm. and their scope is usually to some degree, um, you know, sort of defined by hospital policy and what yeah. the hospital can and can't do and yeah. will and won't offer and blah, 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 blah. So it's informed by the hospital birth culture mm. and that doesn't necessarily give you a broader scope of what birth is, what to expect, what you can do. Mm. Um, I mean, like, 
yeah, as I said, I, I like, I don't mind theirs, but I feel like, I mean, it's one of the reasons I teach a different one is mm. because, but um, in saying that I think you, it needs more. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, in saying that you charge for a different one. And if yes, somebody wanted true. to do calm yeah. birth or hypnobirth, it can be hundreds of Slow dollars, which yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of people can't afford, particularly well, at that time when you're expecting a child and you're going to grow your family. Well, the thing is, it's funny because, you know, my mom was explaining to someone what I do mm. to an old friend of hers. Um, at her birthday uh, last year, birthday party, and she said, "Oh, you remember when we had babies in the seventies and eighties, and you'd go to the hospital and they'd do like a relaxation class and teach you how to like be calm and some methods to use." Did they? In I birth. didn't know they did that. Yeah, I didn't either until she's well, not really until she started talking about this, and then she said, "You know, like that's what we just did because we birthed in the um, what do you call it?" Uh, birth centers. Sorry, my cat. If you're here on, if you're there <laughs> listening and you can hear a crunching noise, my cat's decided to join us under the table because she's a pain. Um, <laughs> sitting on a bag or something. Anyway, um, but yeah, I was, and so she's saying this to this woman. And she goes, "Yeah, so like Annie does that now, but the hospitals don't. So that's why." And I charge for it because I do think it's definitely worth. Well, first of all, because. Um, I have to. Um, yeah, like <laughs> because got, I don't get paid. You've got to, education for that. Yeah. And that's your job now. But I think it's also, um, I mean, obviously, I think it's worth the money because mm. I charge for it, but also because I paid for it before I got to this part yeah. of my life. Um, I had to talk my husband into it. That was not easy because <laughs> he was like, why are we going to spend all this money on this? But to be honest, if I look back on it, if I had had um the money for the the program mm. but i didn't have a pram or even a cot or um i don't know any of those sorts of things i probably would still go back in time and spend money on the class yes and put you know the baby in a drawer <laughs> and i don't know carry the kid around i don't know cuz i i think that birth experiences are really not something you can undervalue. Mm. And I think in terms of your introduction to motherhood and, and the effects on your mental health and your ability to parent is really, it's very, that it's quite a defining moment. Yeah. <laughs> you want to have the good one if you can get away with it. And I think it really helped me to understand what I was getting myself into. Yeah. Um, mind you, as I've said in a previous podcast, it was just because, again, other women came and told me that's what mm. I needed to do. Mm. So it's not the sort of thing that's really – like I don't feel like that's the cultural norm. Still. It's not, no. But I hope that it would be – Maybe one day. Yeah. yeah, one day that – probably not as comprehensive as what you offer or those oh, other courses know. offer, but at least a little bit more to prepare people. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean um, – even just the trouble is as well that some of it isn't is an education you need on the system that you're going to be birthing in. Yeah. And they're not going to necessarily be like if you're going into a hospital to learn about how the hospital works. Um I I just feel like there's still a bias there like it would mm. be anywhere. Um everybody's got a bias, if you know what I mean. Like I feel like it's very hard that's why I send people to Cochrane reviews when they're doing birth research because it's like one of the only places you can send people. Yeah. Um, that's not, but because I've got a bias and the 
the hospital's got a bias and every other practitioner you can find has got a bias and every book's got a bias, you know. So it's um, it yeah, can to be get really hard to get facts. just yeah. this is what's actually going to be like. Mm. Um, can get really convoluted. And, um, yeah, I think... I think sometimes people just look at that and go, I just don't want to know, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and that's a big part of it as well. Part of where we're at is like a lot of people just going, I'd rather not know. Mm. I think too, like there's still um, a lot of older women in our society that go, oh, your body just knows what to do. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah like I got a lot of, you know, you just, your body will just know, don't stress about it. But my body did not just know what to do. And I think that maybe, mm. do you know what I mean? There's yeah, still I that thinking agree with that, that <laughs> I mean, when it you does, go to birth, but... you've got women with you that yes. will help you. And we don't necessarily have that now. No, that's right. The culture yeah. of that. So I think that yeah. sometimes that pass down of your body just knows what to do mm. is probably thinking back to in that moment you know there were more people there to support you and help your body figure out what to do but (laughs) yeah it's actually interesting you say that because I think um some of it's just a support thing as well like in Mm. that regard yeah because maybe your body does know what to do all good but your head gets involved exactly and I think yeah that's I had that definitely in my birth experiences Mm. I had a good midwife who'd say now why don't we try this like yeah going within yourself you know stop screaming <laughs> I remember you saying that was a feel thing. what your body yeah. wants you know yeah 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 I just think um you know like I've had clients say to me stuff like just being told when I should breathe when I forgot to yes was yeah. really useful or like um having someone who knew where to put pressure mm-hmm. for a bit or yeah. whatever it is like there's a mm. whole other but it's like her body probably did know what to do in Absolutely, that moment yeah. biologically, but for her to feel comfortable and able to just let that and happen calm. Yeah. and calm, it usually does take someone else in the room or mm-hmm. some preparation up to that point yes. to be like, oh, oh, that's right. Yep. Oh, I've actually held my breath for three minutes and I yes. just didn't even notice. And someone says, breathe. Then you go, Oh, that's right. That's why I'm yeah. not here. You know, um, I think it's the funniest thing ever that that's, um, oh, funny. Not really funny. Funny, not ha-ha funny. Yeah. But, like, just it always surprises me at how in a birth space sometimes the best things to do are the teeny tiny ones. Yes. Um, not, that breathing could yeah. just make such a difference. Yes, it's exactly. It's surprising, like, isn't it? And you're like, oh, but if you don't – if you. It, especially first baby it's like mm. oh you'll just know what to do is not because then when you don't yeah you're like well, what am I supposed to terrified do you feel <laughs> yeah and it's not like you've ever been to a birth and yeah. looked at it like um I can see why to some extent in the olden days like I'm not discrediting how uh, midwives and stuff are trained now it makes mm. sense as well and is much more in depth but in the past, I can see why, like, nuns and people like that, the way they trained to become midwives was to just go to birth and yeah. be at it. Just because... go there and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, that's a whole other, um, I think, cultural framework around birth too. I mean, it's a shame that they don't – that the whole, um, you know, called midwives, nuns turning up kind of yeah. went out of fashion. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's um, – 
Because there's still countries where that's the thing that they that they do. That, that the nuns deliver the babies. Yeah, or um, midwives who've been trained through basically apprenticeship. Oh, of, yeah. yeah. Um, not that I necessarily think that's exactly the way to go, but it's sort of like it's an interesting... Depends about the mm. education, I think. Like, uh, for example, the mm. university I went to to do my nursing was yep. really, really strong in science. We did five semesters of like mm. full science. And when I started um, doing placements, a lot mm. of the nurses said to me, they're training you like doctors, like like you need to diagnose people. You do not need to know that level of science. And right, but <laughs> our science teachers were always like, no, no, you need to know this. But then – and yep. they would always bag out this other university – that they don't do they only do one semester of science right and so they were always the worst the nurses but then when I actually started working those nurses were way better trained than me oh really yep their knowledge was sensational it was all practical stuff yep and they had like put the science in with the practical so mm. um one of the friends that I ended up um, working with and we live together mm. I just felt like her knowledge was way better her brain made the connections way better than I did and the ah. other nurses I worked with from that university worked way better ah. and so I think that's interesting because it's not you know training can be yeah not as obvious as what you think yeah you know the best choice is sometimes on the job sort of yeah practical stuff yeah and I think it's interesting because I was having this discussion recently with with another midwife friend who was like talking about how um in all of these sorts of industries actually where it's working with people um the practical stuff is hard to get onto like an application Mm. but you might have somebody who writes the swish application but doesn't have the practical yeah um element yep and that's usually going to be more valuable absolutely she was getting very frustrated because she was just like i wish everyone could like i think that well she didn't say this but the idea is like an interview would be better if if it was you know like um it actually could show you what people can do as Mm. opposed to what they can spin i suppose but anyway that's but then i mean i i don't know i um worked with quite a few midwives at this point and they're all pretty swish at what they do I feel mm. like it's um it's almost it's one of those fields it's hard to get a job if you're not um a bit top-notch I don't know I, I think. think it would be now yeah I think they yeah. increase the university that's right yeah. positions without increasing the hospital positions necessarily oh, as much why do they all do that <laughs> why so that keeps happening yeah they do like you to be onto pretty it pretty onto it now yeah but anyway that's like a whole other thing as well mm. but I just um I think that's another element of the whole contemporary birth culture thing though is um actually how frustrated midwives get with it mm. like you sort of talk to them about not like obviously not about their training and things more it's more about um there's kind of this culture of like because midwives by and large just want to um, be woman-centered and yeah. that's the, you know, and sometimes it's kind of not that easy if they've got other things to kind of take into account. Cause like, obviously we've said fear and pain is one mm. element. Um, but also 
kind of the medical model around birth is really, mm-hmm. really. There's um, a lot of things to work pronounced. with if you're a midwife. Like, yeah. Not only do you have to work with the doctors who mm. are usually, a, you know, a lot more medical minded yeah. and just, t- you know, task orientated. Let's do this. Let's do that. You also have to work with the woman and, mm. and her expectations and And especially because at the moment we don't have a culture where you get to know your midwife. No. So it, I can't kind of even get my head around it to some degree mm. how midwives cope with the first time they meet someone at probably the most important thing they might ever do yeah. is the day it's happening and they have to kind of quickly develop that rapport. Yeah. Right? And, and figure out what it is this woman wants mm-hmm. and what is important to her specifically mm. and how, how valuable that might be and how best mm. to help her. And if she's had babies before, she's got to kind of take on all this new information about, Mm-hmm. What worked last time, what yep. didn't, what she liked, what she didn't like. And I can see why they want someone to walk in and give them a birth plan a lot of the time. You know, like I've, most hospitals seem to say, do you have a birth plan in antenatal appointments now? And yep. I can see why, because it's like, please give me something that will tell me about yeah. you, because how the hell am I supposed to know in that situation? Yeah. And home birth midwives I've spoken to have been like, yeah, nah, just couldn't cope with it, to be honest, because mm. it was... But then... How many jobs are there really for home birth midwives mm. in this? Not many at the moment. System. Mm. Um, but I know that Frankston Hospital has started, um, I think they did it last year mm. or the year before. Must have been the year before. Um, team care. I've always had team care there. Yeah. So You're like, supposed to get that midwife yeah. when you give birth. Nah, that's but, not how it works. You get a team of midwives and you might get one of them. Mm. Hopefully. Um, they usually will give you one of the people who's, who is a team midwife. So you get like, say there's, I I don't actually know how many teams there are, Mm. but you might have a, like a number of teams of of midwives who work at, in that particular group, I suppose. And then, um, when you ring up, they try and get you someone who you would have seen in antenatal appointments, yeah. but if they're not shifted on, they'll give you someone from one of the other teams. Right. Um, which is what's happened to me every time. Yeah. Cause my sister was in that yeah. and that's what happened to her. She didn't get anyone nah, that she'd been with, yeah. but I think it's probably a step in the right direction that they're oh, recognizing they totally that. want to do that. Yeah. yeah. They've got posters up at the moment talking about how they'd like to introduce a continuity of care model. Yes, I have. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. And I was like, God damn, I'm going to finish having babies before this starts. <laughs> yes. I'm so annoyed. I saw it and I was like, that would have been good. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know, um, you can do that at Casey and Sunshine. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it is good that they're yeah. making that more readily available. Um, I think it shows a step in the right direction and a recognition that women oh, yeah. want someone that they're familiar with and they feel comfortable and with. I, yeah. And I really think um, there's, there's a great deal of, um, especially midwives, who, who would like to be able mm. to work in that kind of uh, environment, but it's just, it, it needs funding. That's, you know, that's what it is. And it's still the case as well, though. I mean, we're going to talk about hospital and home birth and stuff in Mm. another, um, episode, but, um, it is definitely still the case that there's a lot of nervousness around having babies at home Mm. or uh, anywhere else other than a hospital. And everybody, I don't know if you've had this, but it happens to me all the time. Um, Older people 
um, who had babies, again, in the 70s or 80s, um, will say to me, oh, but aren't there birth centres? Why don't you have your baby in a birth centre if you don't really, you know? Oh, I haven't had anyone mention that to me, yeah. but I have seen online people mentioning birth centres and I'm like, we don't really have... No, they all got closed in yeah. the 90s. That's why it's like... I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Mm. Just point one out to me. I've, I mean, I've worked at the Anglis once and they have a sign up that says this is the family birthing oh, that's nice. unit. Um, but it doesn't, because it's not funded in the way mm. that they used to be funded, it doesn't exactly operate as a as a birthing centre in that I way, I think, don't think. though, that it, from what I sort of read, it seems like they're trying to make... Mm. hospitals and maternity wards a bit more birth centery in the sense that oh, they yeah. want it to be midwife focused care and yes um i agree women-centered I care so the good hospitals yeah yes, i think yeah. so yeah the ones where they're like ah oh, evidence is showing this mm. this and this so we should you know especially the age had a whole article on birth trauma this oh, right. year yeah and how the over medicalization because it's kind of a funny thing we started with no medical model, mm. then it swung into kind of medical system, but with infection. Mm. <laughs> everyone got scared. Then there was sort of a lot of period of time in the middle there where everyone was a bit all over the shop. Now it's sort of like, I don't know, we went to a really medicalized point yes, of view. a bit too much. But a bit too much. Yeah, mm. exactly. Like it's kind of a funny thing where it's almost like, hey, guys, we're we're actually in the good place now. Like yeah. we're in this system we where happy medium. happy medium where we let women have babies and, and if intervene if yeah. they have to have intervention instead yeah. of getting our hands in it all the time. Yeah. Um, because you know what? We actually have really good medical care now. So can we yeah. all just chill out for a second <laughs> and enjoy it? I just, I don't know. Whereas um, I just, I, I suppose it's confronting to me because I, I get spoken to a lot by women who've had traumatic births where they kind of go, I found out later that I didn't need to have this, this and this yeah. or that there was an alternative to that, mm. that, that I didn't know about. Um, and that's a bit crap, mm. but then they often will go, you know, but it's okay. It's fine. I'm fine with it now. And I, I got to tell you, after I pick it apart with them, there's always mm. like, they're not really fine with it. Mm but they're trying to make the best of the situation that that they're in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, like it's done. So let's all just get over it. You have to sort of find yeah. a way to yeah. be okay with it. But how you do that is there's lots of ways to go mm. about that, really. Well, it's much the same as I think we've said before. I can't remember if we've recorded it, but I feel like we've spoken about it heaps of times. That mm. I mean, you, I think you said this to me because I it's not something I was really familiar with as a concept. Yeah which is that there's not really a space in our culture, society, whatever you want to call it, mm. for women to go with um, their birth story or their experiences of birth or no. especially negative experiences. Mm -hmm. Like, actually, no, I tell you, negative ones are much easier for people to pass on to other women. But, but not traumatic. But not, yeah, like That's there's not, not as really as acceptable. I totally agree. And I yeah. think it's because we do have that sort of negative um, view of birth in that it's going to be painful and it's going to be awful. Yeah. So 
if you feel traumatized about it and you try and talk about it, people are like, yeah, well, I had a bad time too. Birth's just like that. Yeah, exactly. It's not taken seriously that actually that you're suffering from. Yeah, that's right. From what Something's has actually to you. going on there. Yeah, and there's a lot of shame around that. Like, there is. They just these women just pretend like it's all good. Mm-hmm. Well, like, your baby's healthy, so you should be happy. Yeah, and you're like, but yes, not like I always say to people like when I'm talking like. The, your baby was fine and that's awesome. Let's mm. not take away from how fabulous it is that your baby is fine. Mm. That's very important. But you're important too. Mm. It's okay to not like totally go, well, no, well, <laughs> but the baby was fine. So who gives a crap what happened to the woman in the meantime? Mm. Like um, I get really irritated when I hear stories where it, there's, there's that level yeah. of trauma and it's just kind of downplayed to mm. be like, yeah, but baby's fine, so... It's definitely something that needs to be addressed in mm. the current um, birth culture. Definitely yeah. something that needs to be rectified quickly, I think, so mm. that there's it's not just... as much trauma. Yeah, it's, you it's know, just, like... it was funny for you mm. to say that to me because I get told birth stories a lot. Mm. Like, I was at Pilates the other day, and after the Pilates, I got talking to this woman, and like, after the class, mm. and she just basically told me her whole birth story and everything that had happened mm. and what she hopes to do next time. And, mm. um, and we stood there talking for an hour. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we just, and I was like, whoops, we're supposed to go home and do some work in the meantime. Didn't do that because I just get sidetracked. But, mm. and I, I was like loving it by the way. I love yeah. it when people come and tell me birth stories, but it was news to me that there's not a place for people to go with it mm. to some degree because I feel like it's around me all the time. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Please tell me your story. I want your story. Like, mm. let's go. Um, even if it is a, a traumatic. Mm. Having said that, I like the positive ones too because I feel like they get shame spiraled as well. They do. There's yeah. There's a lot of shame with talking mm. anything actually deep or serious about birth. Mm. As long as you can say, yeah, it was crap, but you know, it's really painful. <laughs> I but it's fine, it. like, yeah. 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 Or, like, um, the flippant comments you get. Mm. Like, you'd be pregnant and someone will go, oh, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. You know, like, unhelpful. <laughs> like, yeah. not actually giving a clear image of what it'll be like or what. But whereas mm. positive, like, you, again, you just feel like, uh, you know, nobody wants to hear from me because I feel like a total show off. And... Yes, people sort of. Well, I think because people have suffered. Yeah. They get upset if you've had a good, yeah, a good well, experience, and they haven't, and they don't know how to deal with that. I, I guess. I think it's. I mean, I think it's it's twofold. One is that there's still this view of success or failure in mm. birth, and I think that's a problem mm. in that. If you did well, you're a success. And if you didn't experience a positive birth, then you are a failure as some idea. Yeah. Like, which is all complete bullcrap, by mm. the way. But but there's still kind of this underlying current of that. Yeah. So it feels like if you're a success, you don't want to be jumping up and down talking about how well you did mm. to someone who, who you feel like they feel like they failed. Yes, that's true. Um, but... I can't, I just, I just think it's all crap because, um, it's such a personal experience and Mm. I, and I definitely think there's a culture for women particularly that is, is very much like, um, well, in terms of, um, talking about anything you do well. Yeah. 
that you don't want to, you know, blow your own horn kind of thing. Mm. And, um, and that whatever you do and whatever you say is a direct judgment or influence on what the other person did. Yes. I think it's hard for women to take on other people's experiences and just listen and not have it be some sort of reflection of themselves or relate to them in any way. I think we have a culture of comparison that's yeah that's exactly what it would be yeah. yeah whereas i think we have to all just start getting a bit above that mm. is the thing birth like you said is such a personal thing mm. like with my last birth i had an epidural mm. and probably for you you wouldn't count that as a huge success if you had done that but for me no. that was winning that, well, that's the thing that birth yeah. was fantastic for me and the fact that you are not pro epidural you know Mm. majority of the time that's fine Mm. like we're okay to have a difference of opinion there but I think it takes a lot Mm. to do that like you have to have come to a place in yourself I think where you feel okay with that because I know that a lot of people Mm. don't feel okay it's true I think that it it implies in in birth but also in parenthood is a really big place for it yeah absolutely is really like you like, I'm actually not um, anti-epidural at all. Oh, I no, probably, I didn't mean that. Yeah, but I no, just meant, I, like, I should say I you probably... You strive for... I probably wouldn't enjoy yeah. it myself. Yeah. Yeah, for myself personally. Yeah, that's what, um, I, was, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I should say that probably five years ago, I probably would have considered myself to be very anti-epidural and I would have had a whole theory about it. <laughs> and blah, 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 right? And then I grew up and realized a lot more stuff. And part of it is that... The trouble with traumatic birth is that, as I've said before, it's not about what happened. It's about how it happened and how you feel about it and how Mm. disempowered you might feel. And Mm. the difference between you and I, just as an example, is that if someone had said to you, no, no epidural for you, you don't get to have one. Yeah. That might potentially have been a much more traumatic experience. It would have. For you. Whereas if they come to Mm -hmm. me and say, you must have one, I'm also going to feel crap. Yeah. And terrible. But it's, it's because birth is actually a thing that's is really really deeply rooted and defined by a person's values and experiences in life yeah so it's kind of that's why i like it, the idea now that like sh- we should be able to share our birth stories mm-hmm. and realize that that doesn't mean anything for anybody else because literally nobody else could have experienced it in the same way yes yeah it's just yep not how it works like, yeah if we just, could work that into the birth culture somehow that I feel would like be we're getting perfect. There. I feel like we're getting there. I feel like, you know, um, there's little pockets mm. where it's becoming a much more um, culturally acceptable thing. Yeah. And I certainly feel like even in the last sort of few years for me, like um, uh, I've noticed that there's more sort of supportive options and groups of women, which when I was younger – I wouldn't have even spotted, to yeah. be honest. I just, I don't know. We're all sitting here quietly judging each other, right? Yeah. Is that what's really going on? But now it's sort of, I think there's there's spots where you can actually find groups where, or little pockets that, that it's like, let's just honestly share what's going on yeah. with us without it being, yeah, but because you did this, that must mean you don't feel like I should have yeah. for anything. Um, but yeah, hopefully it'll swing back the other way. And I feel like we should start to wrap up because we've done very well, actually, for time. We haven't done too badly. Um, 
Yeah. So we will um, talk birth trauma in another podcast. Oh, yes. We're going to address that in a completely separate podcast as well, just because there's so much to talk about. Oh, yeah. This is the thing. This is why we're doing series now. Yes. Because otherwise we would stop here and be like, actually, we have have, like way more to talk about. (laughs) Um, But I tune into that one because it will be very interesting, I think. Yes, I think so. And I think... What else? We've got so many topics for birth. I feel like it's... Yes, lots of topics. Good topics. Know, I even thought topics. of some other topics for a completely separate okay, series so the other day. Probably like, it's pretty exciting. You guys will be hearing about birth for a while <laughs> and then we might switch to something else. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And we will and it'll be fun. But um, yeah, but um, I guess we will be speaking to you again in, I don't know, when our next podcast happens. Yes. It's always good in theory. <laughs> we'll just see how we go. We find well, considering the fact that we wanted to release one in January, but January's just is everyone else listening knowing that January's shocking? <laughs> it's just nothing happens in January. January's a write off, I think. Oh, yeah, school holidays. It's all good and... intentions, but just after Christmas you're just so pooped you can't Yeah. Can't get on top of anything really. Nah, and just it's all like trying to manage children and life and yeah, it's a bit, bit of work, yeah. I think. Yeah, now they're going back to school and daycare and kinder and stuff. It's like, woo. Well, my kids are always home. Yeah, so. no. <laughs> I didn't really notice too much. Kinder. Kinder, kinder in the Four middle. hours once a week. Yeah, hey. <laughs> I've still got two others at home. <laughs> okay, well, in that case, you don't have to run into lots of school holidays, kids at the shops. Mm. Really, I've got no excuse for January, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I feel like Christmas and New Year's kind of wrecks the mm. system a bit too. I don't know. I'm just like really pumped about my routine coming back. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.